Yes, quality products. Fine quality comedy products from your friends at dlc.invincible.inc. Hello and welcome finally back to the Downloadable Concept Podcast. Your hosts for this episode of podcast are three munchlaxen in a robot suit who fight crime. It's Gizmo Fox. You know, I kind of would prefer the version where he was secretly composed of Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Next, I'd like to introduce my faithful pilot, who usually manages to get us to where we need to be in a number of pieces, Launchpad McTallon. <laughs> I was going to make a Launchpad McQuack joke when you mentioned pilots. And I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the anime fan that cries during prom night. I am Darkwing Jeb. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so wait a minute. How does that relate to Mighty Number no. Nine? Well, the Ducktales game was made, or the the Darkwing Duck game was made by Capcom in Japan. The Ducktales game, the the original one that got remade recently. It was not called DuckTales, the game. It was called Naughty Duck Adventures. That's Good. Great. He's a, he's a naughty duck. Even which, is space. Even, which is even better when you consider that in the Japanese theme, the only word of that incredibly infectious music that they keep <laughs> is the word DuckTales. Duck oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, it's been a busy month. I sure could complain a lot about Eternal Masters given the opportunity. Yeah, we're not going to we're not going to start down the down. forty dollars a draft. Yep, there we go. Tune in midweek for the what is it? <laughs> Eternal Masters for the Eternal Masters bitching special. Forty dollars. They got me again. They got me again. My impression of what a draft normally costs, anyway. Incidentally, if you would like to donate to me drafting Eternal. Uh, Eternal Masters. I would not be opposed <laughs> to playing Eternal Masters. <laughs> so, y'all hate it, but you're not taking a stand against it or anything. Well, uh, You'll uh, still have it if you can get it. For perspective, a normal draft is three $6 boosters, so $18. Whereas That's in U.S. monies, though, right? That's in U.S. money. Okay. Here it's about $8. Oh, the $40 yes. is also in U.S. monies, of course. Yes. Ooh. So for us, Ooh. that's yes. about $60 a draft. What is that, 15 bucks a booster? I think so, yeah. It's $10 US a pack. Well, the, the, okay, the, it's three packs, but, you know... Oh, you pay for the draft as well. Overhead, okay. Yeah. It's roughly... Yeah, I'm used it's to... It's roughly overhead. I seem to recall our shops usually just make it the price of the boosters, probably because it's already expensive. Um, Our place, it, it's, a, it's usually a 20 to enter, because then it's like a $2 entry fee. Okay, yeah. yeah. Big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And this is roughly twice. Wow. <laughs> but, but, you might win the lottery and get a foil force of will. Who's having... F- yep. In which case, you're very happy. Who's having flashbacks to uh, Hecatomb? What? No, Dreamwave, where they Dr- were like, Dreamwave. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll make this uh, for drafting, because people kind of like drafting with our D&D minis. They'd still like it if it costs $30 a box, right? Uh, Dreamblade is a tragic story of what happens when you neglect the practicalities of your game because from all accounts Dreamblade was a great miniatures combat game just like a really good fun one looked pretty and damn nice too 
and the draft system, because they were able to use linked maps, you drafted and then your army literally moved to the next map of the people next to you. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like a really cool idea. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was really great. It's just that each individual booster was $20 American and you needed four boosters to draft. Ooh. And just, what the hell? And, and they weren't exactly all-purpose miniatures either. No, like they were The re- ones, people like drafting them, because then they also had a pile of orcs for next session. Yeah, whereas uh, Dreamblade, you were drafting Dreamblade minis yeah. that were for Dreamblade. And when Wizards announced that they were cancelling Dreamblade, one of the points was because it was expensive to ship the product, because it was weighty, they just told stores, we don't care, we, we, have, we have zeroed the cost on these, you can Holy shit. just liquidate the Get stock. What you can for we them? don't care. <laughs> Um, we, 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 yeah, we're out. And as a result, stores were selling Dreamblade boosters for $5. And I know a guy who spent $200 (laughs) and just sponsored a draft on his own. And all of his friends were like, this game is amazing. Why are they killing it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is amazing when it costs 20 You can't afford for it to exist. If only there were some sort of medium... That you could play games with other people on that have a large amount of setup under normal circumstances, but it could be alleviated by not yep, physically not existing. <sighs> that week was that week was a really <laughs> bad week to be a fan of Wizards' secondary product, because that's also the week they killed Hecatomb. Right, so clearly there was like a review of our uh yeah. of <laughs> our shall we say second tier products of our B-list products? Yeah. Hecatomb was a horror-themed card game in the mold of sort of like Magic the Gathering. It was definitely a CCG with a with draft in mind when they designed it, where the boosters... With pentagonal cards? Yeah, the cards were pentagonal, but they also had transparent sections, so they had to be made from three layers of plastic yeah. instead of one layer of card around a, a metal strip. And that meant that Hecatomb cards individually were about 12 times as much to manufacture as an, as a magic card. Um, they, 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 need, they needed the transparent sections so you could stack them on top of each other and have bits of other cards showing through. Sure, that makes sense. But couldn't you do that on one layer of plastic and just not print the transparent sections? Uh, well, it would be re- it would be really, really flimsy. And yeah, the, the flimsiness. I'm not suggesting, like, really thin. I'm, I'm suggesting solid plastic. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm not a manufacturing expert on this one. I remember that there was a reason... They made a point of three layers of plastic is just too expensive. And this meant that you were buying... Uh, again, much like Dreamblade, you were buying a card game. They did... They could turn, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, well, that, yeah, of course, you're going to need three. They were basically smart little mechanical objects wow. pretending to be cards. And that's cool, but yeah. it's fucking expensive. That's a thing you need to make as just one game in a box. Because those yeah. can get away with being so... quite expensive. But you don't keep trying to sell them, especially in a draft format. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is that these two games that was that both of them were made by Wizards? Yeah, both were Wizards properties. Yeah, they 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 looked at Hero Clicks and just kind of broke it in half and put the miniatures <laughs> over here and the clicky bits over there. Yes, okay, um, and made the production values on them both about twice as much. And the really frustrating thing is, if they had waited five years to start production, someone in the development part department would have gone, "Hang on, why don't we just make these as digital only games? We and, could just copy Hearthstone yeah, and, with and miniatures." To be fair, to be fair. Wizards of the Coast is really, really bad yeah. at digital objects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they had a good coding team, uh, contemplate how much money they could have made by just making an official 4th ed uh, <laughs> digital tabletop. Yeah. Like, just, yeah, we've already done the character builder. Okay, it's kind of flaky, but it does work. 
It's flaky uh, as fuck. And now let's just just make a fucking grid, little figures, and you can do the shit. And ah, uh, consider that they could have so made in fun. magic in magic duels. Green Warden of Marasa is a creature that came out in Magic Origins. Magic Origins was the first set that existed for duels. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where Green Warden of Marasa was in Origins. I think you're right. Yeah, and it never worked. It still doesn't work. Still doesn't work. Brilliant. Yeah. That's the kind of quality programming I expect from Wizards. In Magic the Gathering Online... Oh, sorry, no, it was Battle for Zendikar, so it was the second ah. set that came out for Magic Duels, which, by the way, <laughs> was delayed for several months. Oh, I remember this! <laughs> and they didn't get it right. Man, I just and so don't get that. And then the third update came out for Magic Duels, which skipped over the release date for Oath of the Gatewatch completely. Yeah! <laughs> And just release the next two sets at the same time. Mm. And Green Warden of Marasa still doesn't work. In uh, Ravnica, uh, the original Ravnica they blog may, on... oh. they, they There is a chance that they may get Green Warden of Marasa to work for the next set, Eldritch Moon, which comes out in the f- August? Uh, yeah, but don't hold your breath, Jeb. We only just got you back this time. <laughs> <laughs> in Magic the Gathering Online, the original Ravnica block had a card called Bottled Cloister, which wound up becoming very important in particular control-on-control matchups in Paper Magic. And there was this real question of why doesn't this card have a deforming effect on Magic Online? Why is it so cheap on Magic Online? Because it doesn't fucking work! Because it doesn't do what it's meant to do! Oh. Uh, the, the card's meant to exile your hand face down on your opponent's turn and then return it to your hand and give you an extra card on your turn. And instead, it exiles your hand face down. Ah! Just never comes back. Come, oh. Never comes back. Oh. Do, you, do you draw the card at least? No. Oh. <laughs> the second ability never triggered. Son of a bitch! <laughs> do you want to see some, some really good uh, magic online um, not working the way it's supposed to? <laughs> Watch um, watch the Commander Clash videos from MPG Goldfish on their their YouTube channels, which they're just they're just really entertaining videos, anyways. But like, you ever heard of a card called uh, uh, Puka's Mischief? Yes, I know Puka's Mischief. Poop of Mischief. Puka. P U C A. Oh, Puka's Mischief is a card sure. that lets you trade one card for another one that has equal or lesser casting cost if they're the same type. I think is how it works. Yeah, basically. And then there's this 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 Commander card that. Um, lets you get back all the cards you control, or that you own, during your upkeep. Yep. So you see how this combo works, right? Nope. You swap to someone else, your the card you own, the Pooka's Mischief, take something of theirs, uh-huh. and then on your upkeep you gain control of everything you own, so you get your Mischief back. Oh, it's in play cards? Yeah. Right, right. I, I thought we were swapping things while casting or something. Oh. <laughs> You're not casting five. Oh, ca- oh, that would that wouldn't work with the stack, would it? That Commander, would totally you can do that stuff. too. Commander has some. You pretty, can? Okay. Commander has some pretty daffy shit in it. <laughs> brought, well, they they brought uh, one of the the people at MTG Goldfish brought this particular style of deck, the the donate everything to your opponent <laughs> deck, and then take it back with your commander. Donate is a Except thing. Except that a well, donate is a card that exists. Yes. Yeah. Um. Puka's Mischief, it turns out, doesn't work at all on Magic Online. Yep. And that means that this deck did nothing. Just sat around doing nothing. (laughs) But it's okay, because that also happened to be the same same episode of Commander Clash, where someone discovered what happens when you cast, uh... Oh, what's the what's the one the the one where you target a creature of yours, and you you do a bunch of coin flips to draw... Uh, Fiery Gambit. 
Fiery Gambit yep. in a goblin deck with Zada. Uh, who copies the spell for everything on the board that it could target. For, 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 for oh, all geez. the creatures you control. Yeah. And it turns out Fiery Gambit is targeted. Yep. <laughs> Flip enough coins, you will get that payout at the end. I'm sorry, that's just a wonderful, like, uh, thematic. Like, think about what's happening there. <laughs> <laughs> a whole lot of goblins are rolling a whole lot of dice. It's just like a massive conflagration, and somewhere in there, there's a goblin going, "I live." <laughs> we did it. <laughs> and that was quickly followed up by a couple of a couple of uh, like the, the you know add one red mana for every every goblin you control. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. With pyromancers' goggles, to, you know, copy those. <laughs> And then, uh, uh, Reckless Charge on Zada. <laughs> Zada's and a pretty gob- now I'm thinking goblin about Zada's matron. Zada's a pretty great commander, isn't she? <laughs> Zada's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> if, do you like pump spells? Do you like all the pump spells? You cast all of them. Actually, on yes. everyone. You, you play a Cranko. <laughs> then you play, uh, I can't, you play like, um, the, the one from, the, there's there's one from both the Gatewatch. I can't remember what it is right now. That just gives all your creatures haste, and you draw a or gives target creature haste, and you draw a card. But yeah, go watch go watch Commander Clash on uh, YouTube, the the MTG Goldfish channel. It's really entertaining. I highly recommend it. And they're all right people who deserve support. And I also feel that after foil Russian stomping ground. Uh, basically, the best joke about magic's already been made this week. <laughs> so what? Eternal magic? Eternal masters? I listening to this. I'm having this notion of like a new kind of let's play where the whole point is to dig for bugs rather than to complete the thing or like introduce it to people. Oh, and, like especially for something with magic. Like, okay, let's just do whatever weird interactions we can think of and just try and Ooh. break this shit. Surely oh. someone I know already does this. <laughs> I don't. I, I I don't know, but. That's a great idea. Sure. I not. have a med- we have we have Moto accounts. Online accounts. Accounts. <laughs> okay, you guys need to do a monthly magic break. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, it, it, it would either be too depressingly easy or too hard to make it interesting. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. Anyway, um, aside from glitch hiking through various other games, hey Fox, what have you been playing lately? Uh, oh, I'm up first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, throwing it at you. Oh, oh yeah, that's a thing we do on. Yeah, this we podcast. do. We're right. talking about we, games on this we podcast. Play some video games. Instead of instead of talking about games, we're talking about games. <laughs> Though I've still managed to not be playing a whole lot. You've been playing Picross, uh, haven't you? I've been playing uh, Pokemon Picross again because, by virtue of getting the uh, Zelda Picross for the reward points, um, it's pretty short. There's not that many puzzles, uh, so there's a Mega Picross section to like expand that. So I played that, and then I actually got decently good at Mega Picross, which is previously just massively annoying and difficult. So then I went back to Pokemon and went, I never played any of the Megas in this game. <laughs> Alright! <laughs> I had a whole nother game with the puzzles! So, so what you're saying is that uh, Zelda Picross is the Dark Souls of Picross. <laughs> you made me get good? <laughs> Something like that, yes. And the other thing I've been playing is uh, Rhythm Thief. Which is pretty cool. This is, um, there was a Humble Friends of Nintendo bundle, was it? It's a Humble bundle with a bunch of Wii U and 3DS stuff, which means we also now have affordable space adventures! Yes! Yes! 
We haven't played it yet, though, because i got to get Talon in on that action. Yeah. It's hard to peel him away from his workstation to play a game. I, I never picked up that particular bundle, so I don't have affordable space adventures. On the note of bundles, there's a current Ubisoft Encore bundle, and I, yeah. I do not want to make anyone feel bad about preferences for games. Like, I understand <laughs> car racing games aren't my thing, so I'm not... You, you know, I, I can't really give a comment on the tiers that are Assassin's Creed games I haven't played, and The Division, and a shirt. Like, you know, fine. I have nothing to say about that. I hate the ones that have physical goods in them. But the $1 for that tier is Grow Home, Call of Juarez, and Rayman. It's Rayman fucking Origins. Yeah, so for one buck. Eye of the Tiger as a mariachi number. Eye of the Tiger as a mariachi yeah, number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get, so you get, you get Gunslinger. You get Grow Home, okay, yeah. and you get Rayman Origins, and that's a buck. Yeah, I kind of want to get that for you. I've got all the games already. <laughs> you have Gunslinger? Yeah. You need to play this. Gunslinger is fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I understand it's got Far Cry 3, and I quite liked Far Cry 3, but Far Cry 3 is also really racist, so... Yeah, it's Far Cry. Yeah. Ultimately, if you buy a Far Cry game, what you're going to be spending your time doing is climbing towers and stabbing uh, pirates. So, really, the plot could be irrelevant. <laughs> it's racist against humans because the cassowaries can just easily slaughter them all. There's also a deep silver bundle, which for the do- for the one dollar gives you games and also Saints Row Two. Oh yes, which and then that? for four dollars, for four dollars you get some games and Saints Row the Third. <laughs> mm. And then for thirteen dollars. You also get Saints Row 4. Yeah, okay. You want that. <laughs> it's a really good bundle. Um, if you live in Australia and you want this, I oh, recommend yeah. that you ask a, an American friend to do the purchase for you. Like, send them the money. But uh, the Australian version of Saints Row 4 is censored in a way that normally I, I'd be I'd be like, yeah, oh, cares, well, right? it sucks, but whatever. But it means that that version of the game cannot communicate with or multiplayer with other other non-Australian versions of the game. And the majority of copies of Saints Row 4 are not Australian. So yeah. it, it's worth it to, to go a little out of your way just to get the multiplayer because Saints Row 4 multiplayer is so good. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, um, I wonder how that goes, actually, because you'd be getting it with Steam keys, I guess? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether or not, like, if someone from the US buys the bundle, I'm pretty sure still redeeming the key on your Steam account. Well, anyway... It's- Look into it if you're an Australian and you're looking at getting Saints Row 4, because there is some fucked up shittery going on with that and, multiplayer. And if you're a if you're a fan of music in video games, Saints Row 2, 3, and 4 are all doing... <laughs> they're all doing different Saints great things. Saints Row 3rd has power. Saints Row the 3rd has the power moment. Like, Saints, Saints Row the 3rd is has got a soundtrack that's like the best movie soundtrack that you wouldn't get. Um, Saints Row 2 has a lot of really good, uh, well-used hip-hop music as well. And Saints Row 4 is just completely off-the-rails banana truck. It... No, it's basically best of the 90s. It's fucking awesome. Saints Row 4, in the tutorial, has... And this, this doesn't count as a spoiler, because it's the tutorial. <laughs> has you riding a nuclear missile to disarm it, while don't want to miss a thing plays and all your friends teary-eyed wish you goodbye. Yeah. And that's the second best musical mo- mu- musical cue in that game. Okay, it's the best and the worst of the night. <laughs> I fucking that's hate the that second song so best, much. <laughs> the second best musical cue in that game. Yeah, it's a really, really good game. 
Um, it's just well, it's just like uh, Power is the second best <laughs> musical cue in Saints Row the Third. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because there's another there's one that's another better. One better that's toward the end, and we're not going to talk about them <laughs> because when it happens, you'll know it. Yep. Am I? Um, I have been led to believe that the final countdown appears in Saints Row 2, is that Yes! One of, it one, sure does! I knew there was something I was missing. There are there are songs that the boss will sing along to while you drive the car around. <laughs> and one of them is Take On Me. Ooh, and another one is the final countdown. Use, so you can have Nolan North doing mouth horns to the... Okay, um, um... Here's the thing. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to play through Saints Row 2. No. Because I feel like I've already experienced the superior versions of that in 3 and 4. Yeah. But, yeah. can I just buy a DLC that lets me import the music <laughs> for radio usage in 3 and 4? Saints Row I would pay for that, man. I love that. That would be a really good idea. I love that Saints Row 2 <laughs> is a game where you can have katana fights on a fire escape on the back of power bikes and Fox is like eh, it's probably not the more interesting Saints Row <laughs> and she's right god I love that series <laughs> so wonderful look I'm not saying katana fights or like shooting a guy in the face is disappointing exactly but if the alternative is I punch your head and you explode then there is no contest there I just I ca- <laughs> that's what I gotta have Saints Row ramps up to be exalted the video game <laughs> Grand Theft Auto is sitting in Saints Row's attic, slowly getting grimmer. (laughs) (laughs) A portrait of GTA. (laughs) Hey, Jeb, what have you been playing this past month? Uh, What if I said I've been playing more Dark Souls 3? (laughs) Dark Souls! Dark Souls 3! Dark Souls 3! What do we know about Dark Souls? Still really good! Hey, (laughs) Chufty Bible Grandma still around? (laughs) I'm wearing her hat. Nice. <laughs> I saw... I've seen very little of Dark Souls 3, because obviously I don't have an up-to-date computer, and I don't have Dark Souls 3. Yeah, you do. Uh, hmm? You don't oh, have I Dark do. Souls 3, but you have an up-to-date yeah, computer Yeah, I do. Now. I was thinking console when I said that, but yeah, you're right, I can I can definitely... I, I pulled it open and gave it surgery. Alright, but but there's this moment that can seems I borrow to... you sometime, Fox, to pull open my computer and give it magic surgery? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Just gonna get it here. <laughs> Ship me over, I'll bring a Wii with me. <laughs> Oops. oops. Like it just vanishes here. It just vanishes as you walk in the door. <laughs> <laughs> just phases out of reality. Quantum oh, console. Oh god, it's like I, I don't know what it's called now, but there was a there was a a puppet movie that I watched when I was a little kid where they like go into a dreamland and find a magical fruit that will stop their grandma from getting old and inevitably dying. Um and when they get back, uh they find out that it, you know, it's a dream thing. It can't exist anymore. It just goes poof. Oh, it's oh. the meanest fucking gut punch for a kids' film about cute puppies and uh, about cute puppets and quilt land. It's the epic of Gilgamesh, but for oh, kids. Oh God, it is. <laughs> That's amazing. I want to find out what this fucking movie was now. There were there were, there were other games I actually did play. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, uh, I started playing a little bit of The Witcher Three. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you were telling me about this. People say good things not care about that. I did not care particularly well for Witcher 1 and so much so that I didn't care about Witcher 2. Mm-hmm. Witcher 3 is one of those games that the things that it does well, it does so incredibly well that the things it doesn't do as well seem worse than they really are. <laughs> like, the controls the controls in The Witcher 3 are... They're okay. They're good. They're decent. But... <laughs> 
I have never seen a video game with better incidental animations. Ah, yes. <laughs> at all. Like, when... In, in, the, in the intro, when Geralt is talking to Cersei... Cer... Cer... The girl. Citra? Daughter. Daughter. Not Corolla. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Cersei, I think her name is, if I recall. I'm bad with names. Um, but anyways, it's, we'll, we'll call her Cersei. We'll... When they're, when they're talking in... When, when, when she's, when she's a little, when she's a, a young girl, it, it, she's in trouble because she did a bad thing that, you know, she wasn't supposed to do. Geralt, gruff dad that he is, not only when he goes to talk to her instead of just, like, you know, video game stand talk at person you're talking to, yeah, yeah, he stand. crouches down, he kind <laughs> of shifts his weight as he's standing. Does that awkward tilt stance thing? Yes. <laughs> He kind of, like, she's looking away because she knows she's in trouble. And he is kind of tilting and craning his head a little, trying to look her in the eye. It's really so well done and so full of character that... And and the whole, just every, like, conversation has these, this level of uh, the characters, the way they're animated, interacting with each other. Instead of just being two models in a, that, that exist, that happen to be nearby each other. It's like the they're actually dealing with each other in this conversation. Yeah, there's um, there's a similar thing with, and this is mostly renowned because of PC Gamer using the picture a lot, but there's this bit where Geralt's in the bath. That's, and, uh, that's right at the start of the game, it's great. Yeah, and the thing is, <laughs> if you've ever had this kind of, you know, I have had a long bloody day and I am getting into a bath, that's pretty much how you sit. Like, it's a really <laughs> very real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the, the animations, the... The, the world around you, it just is... Everything about it is is so well presented. And then you get to actually controlling the game, and it's like, wow, this isn't immaculate. <laughs> <laughs> I am somewhat disappointed by this being only slightly above average. <laughs> there's, a, there's a similar It thing. also, by the way, has the, the opening cutscene is, like, the most fantasy Michael Bay-ish, Bay-ass thing ever. It's great. <laughs> does a dragon explode? Uh, no, but, like, an army does. Wow. Awesome. Um, and then there's, like, dramatic slow motion of a bird turning into a rock. And don't, by the way, do not, do not, listener, do not take me describing it as, as Michael Bay-ass as a bad thing. This is, this is the high-quality Michael Bay. <laughs> this is, this is not the this is not the phoning in for a paycheck, Michael Bay. Nice. I also understand there is a bit of DLC or a side quest where you get to play a daughter figure. I haven't gotten any of that yet. In which she's basically Nightcrawler with a sword. I have not gotten to that bit yet. It sounds very cool. There's a whole lot of that game. There's also, um, it, it, I've seen it in a music video clip, a sequence where Geralt is talking to her and her back is to the camera and there's a moment where she, where he says something, because it's towards the music video, you don't actually hear the dialogue. He says something and you can see on his face that he's like, I really want to impress this on you, this is important. And you can watch as she tosses her head back and it's like, oh my god, she just rolled her eyes so hard they bounced off the top of her skull. That's 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 what I like about what I've seen so far is just the the way the characters interact with each other in conversation. Yeah, it sounds I, like I, I should play it more, and I will. But Dark Souls. But well, I also wound up because once again there was a sale. I picked up Final Fantasy Type Zero. Final Fantasy Type Zero. Okay, I don't know this game. 
Okay, uh, Final Fantasy Type-0 is uh, a War is Hell narrative with Chocobos. Sure, why not? It's really weird what, to see, like, a Chocobo, you know, comforting its dying owner, and then you hear the gunshot, and you hear the death, the death quit ah! of a Chocobo, and see its bloodied corpse on the ground, and Jesus then Christ. a group of school children come to save the day with magic. There are tonal issues with this game. (laughs) It's what I'm saying. I'm getting military commands from a Moogle. (laughs) That sounds like Final Fantasy. (laughs) Except they're really... Except it's really brutal. Like, uh, Z is talking like, you know, well, we've lost 3,000 soldiers. You have to advance to this location. Wait, huh? (laughs) Also, as a detail that uh, is probably easily missed... Um, you you mentioned this to me out of the podcast that all the Moogles use Z Zer pronouns. Z and her. Yeah, just an interesting thing. Z all the Moogles. Z mm-hmm. and her. They are all non-binary Moogles. Um, Wait, the, how are we spelling her? H I R. H I R. Okay. Basically, Moogles ain't got no time for our dumb yeah, ideas. Yeah, no, agenda. that's fine. I just I thought there was a, like I thought it was specifically non-gendered Z and then her, just the feminine. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, we have girls and <laughs> other, <laughs> but only depending girl- on the tense that you're using it in. <laughs> no men, there are no Moogle men. <laughs> the Moogle territory is no man's land. Ooh, it's so there is no. They just don't have any time for that. <laughs> Don't, don't bother. There, there is the one. There is the one. Oh, by the way, the Moogles are also the teachers because this is a war school. Um, it's well, it's 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 war school. It's it's war school. It's it's war school. I mean, so it's you can war school. With a degree in war for for wizards. You know, it's Harry Potter, except they're going to war. The teachers are Moogles. There's an adjacent universe of Valkyria Chronicles, isn't there? It's, it, it really is. There's a, there's a girl with pigtails who carries a giant fuck-off hammer. Of course there is. And she's great. Fine. Uh, Fine. The, 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 the teacher for Class Zero, the, the new the newly appointed teacher who's not the Moogle, um, instead he's like a ninja. Um, well, you see, his assistant teacher, uh, once again, not the Moogle, the Moogle is separate. Uh, the Moogle's hey, also well, a teacher, but that's... not the but the assistant is a Tonberry, and you can talk <laughs> to Tonberry and introduce yourself to Tonberry, but the Tonberry doesn't talk back. Of course not. This game has tonal issues. <laughs> you have a cutscene where you're trying to talk to a fucking Tonberry. It's like, oh hey there, Tonberry, how's it going? And just you know, five minutes later you're in the graveyard, it's like weird, they mess with our memories, so we can't remember who died. Holy shit! <laughs> Every time I go to war, I write down the names of everyone I'm going with. And when I come back, if I see a name I don't remember, I, tr- I remember that that person once lived. Holy fuck! <laughs> this game has total issues. Smash cut across to the other adjacent Final Fantasy universe with, I'm gonna be a Blitzball! <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you wanna play some triple triads? <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, yeah, uh, it, and, and is it any good? <laughs> like, do you enjoy it? It's, uh, I like the part where you run around the, the school and yeah, you, you talk to people and, you know, do the, like, the, the social link thing. You get to know your other classmates and stuff like that. I like the, I like the, I like the characters. Like, they're, they, they're, it was originally, I think, a PSP game, so they right. didn't have much to work with for 
the uh, design. So they're all in the same uniform, hmm. but their weapons are different. Isn't that what uniforms are for? I guess it is. I mean, it's a school. It's a, war, it's a school for war. So, I mean, they're all, you know, like, in their war suits and war skirts. Oh, because yeah, so they're not still... all the same uniform. Damn it. Well, no, the, 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 the men don't wear the skirts, unfortunately. Good enough for but the Royal Legion. With... It should be good enough for us. All right, but all right. The men, but the men in this suck, so nobody yeah. cares. Um, right. <laughs> they haven't earned like, skirts. <laughs> they haven't earned their skirts because, like, the 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 like the like one of the one of the characters she has. Well, I mentioned the big fuck off hammer, and there's another one who obviously she has a big pistol. And then, like, there's the the girl with the claymore. Um, there's the 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 girl with death scythe. <laughs> and, have a go with the death scythe. And um, the one who has a. Uh, a segmented hook whip that she can turn into an electrical chain. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Ivy, if she was also into soldiers. If she was wearing clothes. <laughs> well, school has a dominatrix program. Okay. Well, I'm not going to argue with that. Um, I haven't played in... Uh, uh, Stellaris looks good. Ah, yes. Stellaris is paradox in space. It's all I ever needed in life. <laughs> well, if they let you summon bears... Because like then it would be like Stellaris well, I could in space play, with Master of Magic. I could make my race in Stellaris a race of bears. Ooh. Yeah. Now you got Fox's attention. I, I heard race of bears. I mean. Well, you can create you can create your your species however you like. There's just about eight or so different, um, like eight mammals, eight mammalians, eight fungus, eight lizards. It's paradox after all. And you can choose whichever kind of look you want, and you can choose. I want different, You can choose. You can you can combine different ethics in order to figure out what sort of society you have. Like if it's a materialistic society, or if you're xenophobic, or if you like the science, or if you like the war, or if you like the war science. I'm now imagining a community, uh, an alien race of really materialistic communists. Like you know, we we own we all own the stuff, but. But the stuff we own is the best stuff. It's the really good stuff. No, that's stuff. like, we're, we're all going to own the stuff, but we're going to own as much stuff as we possibly exactly, can. Exactly, yeah. We're going to own your stuff, and the, make no mistake. And they're all bears. <laughs> and they're all paradillos. There is there is a DLC where it said it, where, where you could have it so that you're space hydras. Okay, fine. Goodbye, me. Nah, yeah, it's not uncool, but it's not as cool as bears. Bear hydras? I just bet one. Multiple okay. heads. Fair enough, fair enough. I just... Yeah, you what? Not... You have a problem with creatures oh, that have multiple heads? Three munchlaxen <laughs> in a human suit. That it, those are three creatures with one head apiece. That is ordinary head distribution. <laughs> I'm not saying that having more than one head automatically disqualifies you, but I am saying that every game where I get to create something, I usually create something I want to fuck. <laughs> I don't see any problem with and that. And that's the bear. <laughs> but maybe sentient bears. <laughs> sentient lady bears. <laughs> I, uh, other than that, I've not been playing much. Other than these three amazing games that have eaten hours of time, <laughs> other I haven't been these playing two, much. Other than these two amazing games, one interestingly total game, <laughs> and another one I haven't gotten much time to set into. Yeah, I, I haven't played much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Stay tuned next week when I'll probably wind up picking up that, that shooter game on PS4. Yeah. I, I, I just want to say, Rhythm Thief, I do like you. You just, you kind of lost out in comparison to everything else people wanted to rant about. Okay, good point. Fox, you know what?
Yeah, I don't have anything super interesting to say about it. It's um, it's the dance, it's the rhythm mini game version of Professor Layton. It's <laughs> it's a rhythm opera. Yeah. So it, you it, walk it, around the world, and everyone has a weird problem that you can somehow solve by playing a like two to three minute rhythm mini game. That's amazing. <laughs> Wait, hold up! I gotta hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, it does. It's very double A. Like there's yeah. a lot of rough edges, and the the uh, game feel is just not as good as it could be, which is really super important for rhythm games. Yeah, and because all the get well, they might repeat a little bit, but so far they've all been different. Um, wait, no, there is one that's repeated. So I guess you get advanced versions of some of them, but because there's so much difference, you don't get a lot of time to get used to them, which does make them pretty frustrating a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still pretty funny. Uh, the voice acting is shocking, but <laughs> so bad, and you can't turn it off during the cutscenes. That <laughs> made me very annoyed. <laughs> this is this is a music-based game where I will turn the volume off just oh. for the cutscenes, oh. and I am more sensitive no. to subpar voice acting than most people. So I don't know. For a lot of people, it'll probably work fine, but it's just cheesy as fuck. <laughs> When they're not trying to do anything dramatic, it's fine. But as soon as they're like, oh, no, my missing father, it's like, oh, no. The fox. No. Fox, no. Why, don't, why don't you explain the framing device of this oh, game? Oh, well, the villain is Napoleon, who's been resurrected <laughs> by well, a cult or something. Um, and he wants to be emperor again. Also, it's probably all a hoax. <laughs> like, I, I, I suspect it is. But for now, I live with the fantasy of zombie Napoleon trying to kill me. And that's brilliant. And, and, and how do you oppose zombie Napoleon? Oh, by dancing at his thugs. Exactly. <laughs> they jump Obviously. at you in a very reliable rhythm. <laughs> like, and Jeb's like, this game sounds completely realistic to me. Yeah, this, is, this is how I get through my day. <laughs> oh, there is literally, a... This is literally my existence. <laughs> there is one minigame I really liked where you briefly play uh, a female character that Rhythm Thief uh, meets along the way. This is, by the way, like a 14-year-old Phantom Thief. So, yeah, if, if you happen to, like, only just not Shota... Uh, cute thief boys doing saucy things and, you know, putting the slip on the cops, then it, it's great for that. <laughs> you give the cops the, the crimes. He's a saucy dancing redhead in a suit. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> see? Criming, pe- criming it up. <laughs> crime pays. Crime pays. Uh, Speaking of crime pays. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Oh, the, no, the mini game that I actually really liked was uh, And the Girl Plays a Violin. That's her thing. So oh, there's a mini game cool. where you play the violin by oh, sweeping no. the stylus back and forth over violin strings on the screen. And it just that one feels really good. Cause oh. it, like that's exactly what playing a violin looks like. Oh, good. I'm sure that's not what it's actually like because I haven't no. played a violin since <laughs> I was six. But I remember it being harder than that. Yeah, I handled a violin once when I was eight <laughs> and it, I felt like I'd hurt a cat. It was amazingly <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah, but uh, that one plays really nicely. Um, yeah, aside from that, it is, it's definitely worth getting, uh, especially in a humble bundle where I think I bought the like $9 version of that bundle or something. Yeah. yeah. You got Affordable yeah. Space Adventure, and I think we got Street Fighter as well. I, I have some version of Street Fighter someplace. You would have got like Darksiders 2. And... <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. We got a Wii U version of Darksiders oh, 2. yeah, goody. To go with my PC version of Darksiders 2. <laughs> uh, and neither of which you've ever played... Shante, yes, which I have actually already played, and so has Talon, but yeah. it's still a pretty decent game. Yeah. Um, it's it's a little bit gross in, in the sense of boobies, but it's also bright and fun and sassy and just pretty cute and enjoyable. And, and really nicely animated. And girly. It's a very girl-based, no, like, that, that very specifically girly aesthetic. Like, you don't get upgrade magic, you get hair conditioner that makes your spell, makes your abilities better. 
Maybe. your hair better. To me, it yeah. always felt like again. This a is guy just my real life. Girls making a girl themed game rather than this. This, this is just my girl. real life. It, the, the the hair is yeah is the power yeah. But you I say that people. as a girl who has used the same conditioner since I was like twelve. Yeah, so I, uh, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, your girliness may vary. Yeah, to I, me, it didn't feel particularly authentic. I I do really do mean I I mean girly when I say that is like a like a box of aesthetic choices. <laughs> The marketing, the, yeah, the, the marketing, I know, I know. It's a girly it's, marketing thing. It's hard for me to see something as girly when it's very male gazy like that. It's I think true. That's what throws me off. It's true, though. I have an enormous m- number of gay women friends, so oh sure, I. It, that, that's that, the thing. Yeah. I I don't really have a problem with male gaze because it tends to be a lot like Fox's gaze. <laughs> uh, it's just also gaze. Yeah. Look at how nice. That's titties. a really that joke works so well in text, by the way. Shantae is definitely boobs o'clock, though. It's it's like sure, everything. Yeah. Um, the columns have boobs. They do? Yeah, there are statues and columns all in the background, and they're just like ladies with giant boobs. Oh, well, I didn't even notice. There you go, yeah. It's a bit male gazy. If you like looking at things that the male gaze looks at, you'll probably enjoy that. And if you want to be a cute genie girl who does a belly dance that turns her into a mermaid... <laughs> You're like at least seven of my friends. It's <laughs> kind of yeah. like a girl version of Wonder Boy. Yeah, what? It's not an it's not an inappropriate comparison. You're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely has the the soft Metroidvania style of Wonder Boy. Um, soft Metroidvania. I like that. Yeah, I, I'm sure that Jeb is quietly making strangling motions in the air at my use of the word <laughs> Metroidvania. <laughs> it's fun. It's fine. I've just disappointed it's... you. Fine. It's fine. Everything is fine. Nonetheless, uh, yeah, Shantae's a pretty good game. Um, I do like sassy lady pirates, and I do like when they're called Risky Boots. Risky Boots is a great name for a character in a video. Yes. It, you know what else it is? It's Blue Sky Gaming. Like, if you yes. just want a game that where you go to all the worlds and you collect all the diamonds and you... And just, you, it's bright and cute and yeah. uplifting and energetic feeling. Also really nicely animated. I already said that. Yeah. But yes, it it warrants saying again. <laughs> the animators forward, like right? animating these characters. Mm-hmm. It's way forward, right? Yeah, it's way forward. They did other things, didn't they? Yeah, they uh, yeah. a bunch of games. Uh, Mighty Switch Force is probably the... Oh, right, yeah, that's the one I've heard of. Yeah. Anyway. Um, oh, also, it is a game in, in, in Shantae, and I think the one... I can't remember which one specifically I've played, because <laughs> it's like a dozen of these damn games. But in the one I've played, there is a point where you... Where someone is, you know, obligatory quest objective thing where someone is milling around going, oh, my little puppy is missing. And you can pick up the puppy and go find them. And, uh, you know, when you talk to them, it's like, you know, give them the puppy. Yes, no. And if you go, no, they're like, uh, you're right. I really was, I, I really, how, how much can I say that I love that puppy if I was able to neglect it enough that it ran away? And she, there's like 12 lines of dialogue of this person just descending into despair about being a terrible person. And then you can give them the puppy. And there's an achievement for not giving them the puppy. Oh, that's uncool. Worst person. I like it. <laughs> so, as far as games I've played. Yeah, yeah Talon, what, what playing, Talon? I've Talon, been, tell us about games. I've been really busy with the end of semester, so I haven't played that many computer games. I've played a lot more of the Swindle, which, you know, I thought I'd kick the habit, but apparently not. Um, someone I never on, really do. Someone on Steam 
decided to contact me over my review of the swindle in which i tried to be as anodyne as possible and just say i enjoyed this game it's worth this much i spent this many hours in it i found it enjoyable um to tell me that i'm probably a corporate shill or a bot because it's the only review i've made public uh hey (laughs) what and i've got such a huge library but i've only reviewed one game how can anyone trust me Oh, on actual Steam. On Steam. Right. Yeah. Which um, which I thought was deeply amusing. Uh, and that's what got me to open up the Swindle. Like, yeah, this is a pretty good game. So now I'm seeing it 287 hours of the Swindle played. <laughs> on the other hand, my review of the Steam review system is cutting. Oh, God, yeah. What the hell? Um, <laughs> but on the game development front, we have for class, we have the first prototype of Strange Days was made and tested. Um, and it went really well. Um, the uh, a classmate and I have developed a train heist game, card game, which also went really mm-hmm. well. Crimes, yes, crimes. more crimes, more crimes. And on the subject of crimes, we have, and it's been sent to the printers two days ago, so it'll be coming out sometime in the next couple of weeks. The expand alone for the botch, the botch is back. Which the botch is set in the Melbourne. Uh, uh, suburbs as a you know, low-key crime. Um, the Botch's back is set in on the ferry that goes between Vancouver and Seattle, which I did not know this until I started my research, but it is a hotbed of fucking crime. <laughs> syrup wrestling! There's, yeah? there's syrup smugglers! <laughs> you, you have people bootlegging, bootlegging booze over the border, and it's like, oh, that's that's probably a crime. Yeah, that's a crime. But it's not as much of a crime as bootlegging maple syrup. Well, that shit's really expensive. I mean, like, the real maple syrup. Yeah, real maple syrup is super expensive, and you want to avoid paying taxes on it, because the taxes are really meaningful. <laughs> uh, and, and apparently white-collar criminals use that ferry, and they're like, oh, I, I'm afraid I'm not available. I, I'm not available to the SEC because I'm in international <laughs> waters right now. It's like, you're on a ferry going to Vancouver. Like, you're not really... You're not in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. It's where dude. rich white people go to act like they're criminals. Yes! Oh, that's perfect for the botches back. <laughs> um, and so the botches back... I'm just saying, it may involve a caper or heist. Yes! Um... We also went to Comic Gong last last week. No, two weeks ago now. Last week, I yeah, think, middle of May. Middle of May. Okay, in so the, in the past, yeah, in, there, there was a there was a Comic Gong, and we went to it, which is a local gaming fandom general stuff convention. Well, with, more of a comics and pop culture. Yeah, yeah, with cosplay As evidenced by the word comic. In comics, your name. cartoons, superhero. Uh, I I believe there was uh, rock and roll wrestlers. Yeah. So there's like a little pro wrestling scene. Thing I didn't going know on. this, but apparently our local area has like a really dedicated. Um, <laughs> For lack of a better word, amateurish yeah. uh, pro wrestling league, and they have plot meetings, and they have like you know, you know, they actually have like a continuity, and it's it's really cool. What I'm interested in is they do birthday parties. Yeah. So do all the birthday parties share a continuity? I hope they do. I really hope <laughs> they do. That would be kind of amazing. And and you could pay you you could pay well a donation, but you could do a donation of five or more to get power bombed by a lady who was about six foot two. What? How did I miss okay, this? We know a bunch of people who who would be down for that. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, and this was the first convention where I had my card games to sell, and it went well. It people went well. Them. very well. We were super you, excited that people you did actually come, want to you buy did our capitalism. games. Yeah, I did capitalism, and I sat there explaining my games to people, and I learned a lot about what people ask about my games. Uh, 
One one of the weird ones was a, and, and I, I mean weird in that I wasn't expecting it. I'm not saying that the gentleman in question was weird. I you know I love you. You bought my games. It's fine. But uh, a guy who kept on asking for every single game. So how do you hurt people? <laughs> like I think I think he was asking for context, listener. <laughs> Hurt is a mechanic in the butt. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He was asking this about all the games. Like, in Dogma, oh. he's like, okay, so how's the combat work in the bo- in this? I was like, well, it's kind of, it's deliberately abstract. And, like, and he asked about Senpai Notice Me. He was like, oh, well, there's not really a combat. So like, How oh, do you fine. hurt people in this? You tell them their hair doesn't look very good in that color. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much all you can do. Did I tell you about that at the... Sorry, uh, there was a playtest game of Senpai Notice Me at the university, and... Three of the players were young women who have clearly been in this genre before, where <laughs> the whole point of... When you, when you swap cards in Senpai Notice Me, you're not allowed to tell people what's on the card. You're still allowed to give them a hint. So, like, you know, yeah, this, this will draw attention to your hair. So it's like an earring and a hat. And, mm-hmm. and they were doing this with the most cutting, bitchy <laughs> comments I have Ooh. ever heard. Just Oh, they brought the Mean Girls. They brought the Mean Girls shit. It's like, um, you know... <laughs> Uh, um, this one will definitely, this one will definitely detract, um, th- this one will definitely draw attention away from that problem with your face. And it was oh. the gloves and the black belts. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. I, yeah, it was, it was amazing to watch. Mm. Uh, yeah, we, we, we sold a bunch of games and people liked them and people gave feedback about them on, um... On Twitter, uh, one thing that has repeatedly come up, and I'm fixing it now, is that middleware is really easy if you're a seasoned expert, <laughs> which is why there is an expansion that should be launching in a couple of days' time, which is ramping up the difficulty so that you know people who are seasoned card players, pe- pe- people who are, let's say, jebesque, are <laughs> capable of, of getting a challenge out of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, but that, yeah, that, that's basically been my time. I've been mostly making Granted, games. I have never played... You've played. But the thing is, you've played deck builder games. And you've played. You've played card games, and so you're like, I've oh, played I, deck runner. Yeah, yeah, there are two things that will make it super easy. One, you know how to do deck building games, and two, you're willing to cooperate with the other player. Like, yeah. if you have oh. a group where everyone's just like, okay, let's pick the, let's buy the cards that will work best in the context of the whole group, <laughs> and then you're just like, yeah, okay, uh, I've got fifty points of assault this turn. I, we're gonna go punch a thing, right? Yeah. The server strength caps out at like twenty. Yeah, <laughs> it's like whoops, I, I, that's a design mistake. It's we, an expansion of possibilities. Yes, we also in the train heist game had a wonderful Jebesque moment because in the train heist game you're all meant to be members of one of two gangs, and the whole point is you don't get to know what gangs anyone else is on. You just have to kind of like soul read them and you know work it out bit by bit as the game goes on. And every challenge you can like encourage people to lose loot. With the idea that at the end of the train, yeah, yes. at the end, the very end of the thing, if the, the the gang that has the most loot wins, and this one player had successfully convinced two of the players that they were on a different gang to the other three players, and gotten all the loot off everyone except themselves, because like it doesn't matter oh, as long man. as they don't have any loot, we win. And they got to the end of the train, they got off, all the players flipped over their cards. Four of them were on the same gang. And the only player with loot was the one player oh, no. who had successfully messed with all of them. <laughs> wow, they did really well. Yeah. That play is dangerous. I, I don't know. The fuck? Where did that come from? <laughs> I had a hunch. You didn't know? 
It's like the only person you can trust is yourself, well, so... That, I mean, that's not a bad tactic. No. The only way you can be sure of having loot is if it's your loot, yeah. so... And everyone benefits the same as long as your gang has the loot, so you yep. may as well just try and broke everyone else. Yep, and, and they did a good job. So, yes. Um, we also launched the Butcher's Back Crime Pays Edition. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, which comes in a VHS case. With... That is so cool. Yes. Um, I want one. Well, yeah. I'll we... never use it, but I want one. We do have some left over from We the have some left over. If we anyone have... is interested. We've also restocked on new diamonds. The original diamonds we had were rough cut ones from uh, a $2 store, which is fine. I, I love them plenty. But... Our original source of diamonds were basically random shapes. Yeah, they were slightly random shapes. Whereas now we've got ones that are that wonderful, you know, cartoon diamond shape. The diamond the shape. The diamond? Yeah. It's exactly what you think of when you think of diamond. So, yeah. Oh, um, you got Chaos Emeralds. <laughs> <laughs> they only come in clear. One of, the oh. reject, one of the rejected ideas I had for a botch expansion was one where one of the diamonds was marked and, you know, that would delegitimize someone's entire pile of diamonds. And I couldn't find yeah. a good way to do this in a way that would be well hidden and you could keep the information of the game going. Uh, but its name in development was the Chaos Emerald. <laughs> <laughs> So what you're saying is you want to make a botch expansion where there's just one big gemerald. There was, there is in fact one. Like the nature of the botch is that I just continually design cards and it's like, oh, I've got 24 and there's a good linking thematic. Okay, great, let's go with that. Um, so the botch is a game that generally always has Consider cards though, in the wings, and one, one of them is big ass gemerald. Well, that's the thing. There is a currently one called the big. There is a card currently called the big one, <laughs> and it is. Um, it's a giant honking diamond, and the mechanic currently tied to it is no one can swap off... Like, this counts as having four diamonds. And no one can swap it off you unless they give you diamonds. So, I'm not sure how to implement that, and it does have a two-word name, and none of the other cards do have a two-word name. They're always one word. But, yes. The... I haven't talked about what I have to do this week. Oh, yeah. Oh, holy shit. For the next yeah, go couple on. of months. What do you got, Fox? <laughs> well, I, I have back-to-back sex jams, it would say. <laughs> God damn it, I knew it was coming. We even knew it was coming. Fuck. <laughs> yes, back-to-back sex jams, you s- <laughs> Well, neither neither of them is required to have sex in them, but it just so happens that for both of these games, they were concepted to be full-on hentai games. Smut. Vile smut. Vile smut. The violinist. <laughs> yeah. For anyone who's interested, uh, there is International Love Ultimatum Jam, which is in June, so starting up any day now. Uh, goes for a month. It's Possibly in, like, four. It's yep. uh, generally for dating sim games, mm-hmm. but uh, it's any kind of game where, well, love is a central theme or mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, have fun with that. Uh, notably, if you're a fan of lovely people on Twitter, Lucy Morris is making an ILU Jam game. It's going to be an Overwatch dating sim. Oh, yeah. That's going to be huge. Of course it is. So, just saying, maybe keep an eye on that. (laughs) You were saying, Fox? (laughs) And the other one actually runs for June and July, but I want to do both, so for me it's only going to be July, and that is Yowie Jam, the counterpart of Yuri Jam, Mm -hmm. uh, which is essentially the same rules, just substitute male for female. Yep. Uh, I'll put some links in the description for other people who are interested in those, because I think they're going to be great fun. And now it's time for Retro Gaming News! All the news it's fit to print for the month of May 2007! Brought to you by Wizards of the Coast, Software
Oh right, we have 2007, which is the era of the Wii, the PS2, the Xbox 360, the PSP, and apparently the GameCube as well? I don't even know. <laughs> the point is, it is a time. Time with many consoles. Yes. So, we're going to start with a depressing squeaky fart at the end of a long franchise of successful things on the PC. Can you immediately tell me the year again? Because I wasn't listening. I'm like, I know I'm like a little kid. You're like a little goddamn kid. A filthy, filthy child. 2007. 2007. 2007, right. 2007. We have a game and a franchise that is more renowned for one of the actors in it than it is for any of the gameplay. It's Ooh. made by a company that has long since gone the way of the dodo it's a direct sequel to a 1999 game so an eight-year gap no big deal um wow uh but it got an expansion pack it's you know what it's it's westwood it's a westwood studios game nothing nothing end of a long-running franchise you say Uh, technically the franchise is still going but it's definitely not the same thing anymore uh best known from westwood from westwood well this is the last thing Westwood did, more or less, before they crumbled. This Is this, like, the last Command & Conquer? Yes, Command & Conquer 3, Tiberium Wars. Who's the actor? Kane. The actor who plays Kane. Like, I, more people should, who know... Should we know the actor, is what I'm saying? Like, oh, okay, yeah, no, no, no. Okay. And, and the thing is, in, in subsequent <laughs> Command & Conquer installments, they had actors like George Takei and David Hasselhoff and... They're alert ones. Uh, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, had, they had Tim Curry, so, like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is... This is not fair. Not unlike uh, Saints Row and GTA, this is, you know, the original Command & Conquer franchise was getting slowly older in Red Alert's attic. Yeah. They, they just surgically transplanted the fun. Alright, so, we have a Nintendo DS educational game, a rail shooter slash survival horror. That's a great combo right there. Wait, all at once? Yep. What the crap? Uh, developed by Dream On Studio, one of the many... Just typing of the dead? This is close. It's it, it's very close to Typing of the Dead. Um, it's it's a DS release, so it has a slightly creepier name. Touch, touch the touch Dead. Of, yeah, of course. Touch the Dead. Touch the Dead. Which, by the way... Don't touch the Dead. In Europe, was released under the name Dead and Furious. <laughs> no touching the Dead. Uh, also, as far as slightly false advertising goes, the game's box art was by the art- artist Arthur Sudam, who's responsible for the Marvel Zombies comics. <laughs> The game does not look like Arthur wow. Dom's artwork. Next up, we have a game about baseballing. Ah. Good. It's, it's What's just, it for? It's on the PS2. It's uh, one of the two MLB franchises. The show. Yep. It, it's hey. the show 07. Well done. <laughs> Here, these are always gimmies for Jeb. <laughs> it's just a matter of how, how many clues you have to give him before so, he knows. Well, which one is which it? Which one of the two <laughs> is it, yeah. Uh, next up, we have a basically a dungeon crawler. Mm-hmm. which was renowned for being, quote-unquote, very hard, and it made you make your own maps, and... Etrian it, Odyssey? Etrian Odyssey? Yep, Etrian Odyssey 1. Um, just, yep. yeah. We're, we're, we're done here. We're, we're done. We got it. Yep. We're moving I, on. Now we have, I played the demo for one of them, and I didn't like it. We have a <laughs> compilation of games on the PS2 uh, released by... Um, Oh god, Square Enix published this? Wonderful. Alright, but it's basically what happens when you take the entire library of a previous generation and release it on a disc. And yet there was still controversy. This game, this this collection featured Alpine Ski, Arabian Magic, Bizarre Adventure, Camel Tree, Kraken Pop, Cleopatra's Fortune, Crazy Balloon, Darius Gaiden, Don Doko Don, 
Dungeon Magic Elevator Action Returns. The Fairyland Story. Football Champ Frontline. Genkirinden. <laughs> Grid Seeker Project Stormhammer. That's all one name. This just sounds like the pile. <laughs> finest shovelware well, available. Well, no, it's 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 like the it's it's um. It features metal black, puzzle yep. bobble, quicks, are... space yeah, invaders. It's... Okay, puzzle it's bobble like the, is the first like the, one that like sounded Atari... like a real game. Well, no, it's like the Atari <laughs> collection thing, Namco it's, Museum thing. It's Taito. Taito, okay. But And I don't know that much about most of these games. They're... I can tell you a lot about a lot of those games because I used to have an Atari 2600. One of the games in this, lost, in this roster is called Violence Fight. All right, tell us about Violence Fight, Jeff. Can you tell us? I've never played Violence Fight, Violence. but I need Aww. to because because I think as far as video game knows, game names go, that's kind of perfect. All right, so I'm getting it now. It's not that these are just the world's most generic video game names. They're old and they're Englishy. Well, yeah, and they are generic in that they helped to kick off genres. <laughs> like Elevator Action is like it's it's a game where you. Well, no, Elevator Action is Things like we found exciting. You go. <laughs> You go up and down from level. You go up and down levels, and you shoot bad guys. Yeah, and Kenny G. That's elevator action. I can't really. Elevator action was good. I can do a trumpet. I can do last countdown. Final countdown. Final last countdown is not a thing. That ah, I'm. What were you saying, Jeb? Please. I was saying elevator action was good. Elevator action was pretty good. Uh, next up, we have a tie-in game. Oh, good. movie from a movie franchise. The B-movies. Am I allowed to speak again yet? You can speak. <laughs> but only speaking, no trumpets. <laughs> what about a guitar? <laughs> You're doing like a meow. Okay, you can't speak again. Meow, meow. What were you saying, Jeb? Anything? Saying, Anything at I all? The, no? the B-movie. No, not the B-movie, but it had... This is very much a, you know, A movie, but it has definitely reached B movie status. You can talk again, I'm serious, it's fine. So. <laughs> I, you, thought, you, know, you thought I was going to let you stop me from talking. I genuinely was worried you were going to hold on to that uh, and, and be really bitter at me you by the end. It would have been a really funny joke to hang on to. So, this is developed by Eurocom Developments. The which word is, is I didn't really great. do a trumpet. Uh... Published by Disney Interactive Studios on the Wii, the Nintendo DS, the Xbox 360, the PlayStation Portable, PlayStation Oh, is it 2. a Pirates game? It's a Pirates game, yes! Um, what are we in, 2007? That's yep. World's the end. shitty end World's of the end. Pirates trilogy. Yep, 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 uh, yep. Oh my god, that fucking... Uh. Alright, we have a game that was originally made in 2006 on the PlayStation 2 that finally got its release in the West in 2007, hmm. and that later release in 2007 was after a byproduct of a upsurge in popularity of the original series, original games in this franchise on the Virtual Console. Uh, it's an action-adventure role-playing game um, set in the same world as all the other ones following the release <laughs> of... B- 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 can't give you the names of the other games. Wait, 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 okay, so... There's a release on the virtual console. Uh, the the Wii virtual console had a bunch right. of these games, and this is a PS2 game. Yes, because they're like, oh my god, people in the West are buying the, this franchise still. Shit, we should port this one to English. This isn't Secret of Mana. Close, You're right? Is franchise. This... Child of Mana. Oh, Dawn, Dawn of, of Mana. Dawn of Mana. Right. Yeah, that would have been my next guess. Which in Japan is just a second Densetsu four. <laughs> 
Yeah. Right. Shaken and Sister 4. Yep. Next up, we have a car racing game with an Italian name. Forza. Yep, Forza 2. This is notable... It sticks in my head now because I learned that in that weird news story about the world's most famous warlock, <laughs> the woman that he was claiming was he needed a restraining order against was the 75-year-old Helen Sforza. Oh, Sforza? Sforza. That's different, right? It's different. That's like it's different. Polish or Hungarian or something. Probably. Yeah, but he, he was claiming that she was was making obscene phone calls. It's like, 75 years old? Really? Yeah, fair enough. Have you met many 75-year-old witches? Good point. She's probably going... Look at the witches we know. Right now. Good point. <laughs> so, speaking of tie-in movies, because those are great. Uh, tie-in movies or movie tie-ins? So, this, this is a game for a movie where they were able to get the original actors from the movie to do voice parts. Is this because they were garbage? This includes Ghostbusters. The game. This includes Sal Masekela, Diedrich Bader, Mario Cantoni, Zoe Deschanel, Jeff Bridges, and Sheila Booth. Sheila Booth. Yes. Christ. This is a game. This is a game from based on a Sony Pictures movie. Not not a DreamWorks movie. The DreamWorks of DreamWorks movies. Let's try to think of a Zoe Deschanel property that would. Be made into a video game. They're penguins. They're fucking penguins. Do, do... Wait, is this the Madagascar no, penguins? No, it's no, it's not the Madagascar penguins. It's the knockoff Madagascar penguins. There's in... a knockoff Madagascar penguins? Surf's Up, which oh. apparently... Oh, fuck oh. yeah. Oh, that, it's right? Happy Feet, but worse. Yes. Yeah, no, that was... I think that was before Madagascar, wasn't it? It Maybe. was more of a response to Happy Feet. Like, oh shit, kids like penguins now. Let's make penguins cool. Uh, they could surf, right? And the best thing is, because the people making the game had no idea what they were working with to start with, they made a skateboarding game. <laughs> so it's got skateboarding game mechanics, and it's like, we can't let you turn around, because you're meant to be surfing. Uh, skates up? It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Alright. It's fine. It's fine. They should all be... Did you say Jeff Bridges? Jeff Bridges is in game! Jeff Bridges will do anything. Yes! Uh, evidently. <laughs> If I called up Jeff Bridges, he'd probably show up on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't get that as well. <laughs> Sorry. All right. We need to get Ken Sanders <laughs> and Jeff Bridges on this podcast now. Two more to go. Two more to go. We're almost done. <laughs> One, we have ourselves a game that's a group activity game. It's, it's designed to be played with friends. It's a Nintendo but franchise knockoff. And the, you say we get your grandparents to play on the games console? No, it's it, well, uh, you probably could. I think this is a game you could get your grandparents to play, but they'd probably be quite frustrated by all the stars bullshit. Um, it's, it's a Mario Party? It's a Mario Party. Ah. I, I bring up the Mario Parties every time they come up in the, um, in the release schedules when I'm doing retro gaming news, because there's always fucking one. It's like you're never more than <laughs> one or two days away from, oh yeah, a Mario Party was released this many years ago today. It's Mario always... has had a great uh, spin-off volume, let's say. Yep. And next up, and last of all for this month, is the English language release of a Vanillaware game that I figure I'm going to oh. mention here so Fox has a chance to just effusively <laughs> vibrate about how much she likes it. Uh... Yes. Yes, it's Odin Sphere. Oh, Odin Sphere wasn't until 2007? Uh-huh. Odin Sphere was... Huh. And, and interestingly, Odin Sphere was May 17th, 
in Japan and May 22nd in America. Wow. Like, it got... So they, like, translated it right from the start. Yeah. It, they it, were planning... It probably would have been a simultaneous release if it had been, like, five yeah. years later. Yeah. Um, and Australia and Europe got a release March 13th next year. Last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got re-released last year, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and uh, it has a... It has a special version called uh, Life Frasia, which is, like, expanded with all extra content and whatnot. That came mm. out in Japan in January this year. Mm. And it's coming out in North America in June. What for? Yeah, there's advertisements for it on the PS4 network. Yeah, I, I believe that's the, that's... the um, remastered version. Which will also include a demade SNES or NES version of it that runs out of a browser. Oh shit, I've seen that! It's gorgeous! Yes! I mean, the original is gorgeous, so like, fucking, it's Vanillaware. Yeah. It's Vanillaware before they decided to impersonate the worst fantasy artists around. <laughs> yeah, well, Boris Vallejo. Not the worst, just the grossest. <laughs> yeah, Bo- Boris Vallejo and Vanillaware was not. It didn't work out, alright? No. But yeah, Odin Sphere. Fox really likes Odin Sphere? Oh, so wait, we're not getting some fantastic. killer ass titties with this? Oh, you're probably going to get killer ass titties. It's just you probably might not get quite the... so enormous. <laughs> the titties are very much less played up in Odin Sphere. They. Uh, creepy titties are mostly for bosses in Odin Sphere. <laughs> <laughs> Because they have, like, you know, giant undulating boss models anyway, like, they... Part of the... <laughs> giant undulating boss <laughs> models. <laughs> well, it's... I mean, it's part of the style when you do that whole uh, animated parts, vector rigging, uh, you... You know, mm-hmm. the bigger models, you yeah. have a bunch of parts moving independently that looks kind of uncanny valley-ish, and that's sort of the point. Like, mm-hmm. it's quite interesting. Um, and therefore, there are, you know... There titties, are yeah. The couple of bosses who have prominent tits, they are you know, moving slightly on their own and that's <laughs> kind of appropriate because they're supposed to creep you out. Um, but aside from that, okay, one of the characters is a bunny rabbit with a sword as big as he is. He's not actually a bunny, he's a... He's a puka. He's a puka, yes. Yeah. But that, oh. that's basically a bunny Yeah, it's got North myth- Norse mythology all up in, as you might guess by the title, and it's just kind of cool and fun and if you're familiar with the Ring Saga... Um, or the... Uh, you know, the, the whole fucking Ragnarok legend, you'll be picking things up along the way going, oh, I recognize that. Oh, oh, they just said that like it doesn't mean anything, but oh shit, I know that word. Uh, and it's pretty funny in that regard as well. Also, the original uh, Vanillaware food porn, uh, which oh, is not God, as yeah. in your face as the other food porn in their games. So so for people who aren't necessarily cool with food porn, it might still be bearable for you. I don't know. I can't say for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does include... Uh, individually detailed dishes for all of the recipes you can find in the game and uh, individual animations for your character eating them all bite by bite. Because <laughs> that's what Vanillaware do, apparently. This is just one of their things. Um, yeah, beautiful characters. Fucking gorgeous fucking game. Um, it's really fun. It's just a 2D beat-em-up with a million enemies on screen at once and you smash them all to shit. It, it's a very straightforward... With a hammer? Ah... Uh, I don't think anyone has a hammer. What the fuck? The Valkyrie has a spear, and the witch has this cool two chains thing. Uh, Bunny has a giant sword. Um, Who's the other playable character? Oh, Oswald. He's the boring one. Um, He just has a swordy sword. It's it's not comically giant. It's not Mm -hmm. especially cool. He's a bit dull. Doesn't sing to him or anything. He's kind of interesting though, because he turns into a black. He turns into a black shadow, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, he, he's the Black Knight, so he's supposed to be this kind of generic you know, I am an emotionless killer kind of thing, well, but he's really kind of soggy oh, on the inside. Oh, he's Reaper. And you see him, 
the best thing about Odin Sphere, I mean, the rest of it's really good too, but the best thing about it is, do you remember Sonic Adventure, Jeb? Sure. This is a hell of a way to I know. start this. <laughs> How you, you, you know, you have to play Sonic first, and you can play the other characters, and the mm-hmm. stories map to each other in some places, and then they go off and do other things, and you're like, oh, that's why, like, Tails was there at that point, or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do that kind of story. Uh, so oh. you play through on the first character, and you only see the other characters through her perception. And everyone's an unreliable narrator, so it's like, oh, this guy's like a total asshole. Yeah. And then you play him, and it's just... No, she just thinks that way because she believes in this... Uh... The myth of the Black Knight, yeah. Well, no, because she believes that she's being mind-controlled and whatnot, and it turns out she's actually not! She's just into him! <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, oh, no, this is terrible, I've been cursed with this. So, uh, yeah. And you get a lot of this interleaving of plots and, like, stuff that, you know, some of it's really obvious and some of it's really subtle and some of it is, like, oh, I see this character a totally different way now and that's kind of tragic, or... Like, oh, you're actually a sneaky little shit, aren't you? It's it's very fun. They do kill one of my favorite characters, but uh, you'll just have to guess who that might be, because I'm not telling. Alright, so, the games that I didn't bring to to the fore in this discussion of... In this, because, like, you know... Some of them, it's just, it's not going to happen. You're not going to guess them. Like, Driver 76, I don't think I can provide a definition for that, which wouldn't be, you know, basically... Driver 76, not like Interstate 76? Not Interstate 76. Interstate 76 is, it was... was Obviously, Interstate 76 came a long fucking time Yeah, it was like 1998. Yeah, and and it was too pure and beautiful a crystal gem to last. (laughs) It's too good for this world. They tried to make Interstate 86, and it was just not nearly as good. Driver? The music was so much better in 76. But is Driver one of the ones that's not quite a racing game? It's just kind of a hanging out in a car kind of game. A little bit, but we also had in this month, and just this is this is in the pile of who gives a shit games. A game called <laughs> Infernal, which is the original title, and it was originally ad like the, the title stuck all the way through to the ads to the point where when people bought the game, they were like, "Oh, this wasn't advertised, was it? No, it was advertised. It's just we changed the name in the eleventh hour." Because its original name was Diabolique, License to Sin. <laughs> I've heard that. Was <laughs> that actually based on Diabolique? No, no, it was a Polish no. game. It's a, it's a crime game with flamethrowers. I mean, it kind of sounds like, well, I mean, that sounds like an appropriate title for a Diabolique story, that's all. <laughs> um, also this week, you also this month, you had things like a bunch of different Sudoku games. You had the Linux because release. it was 2007. Yeah, it was 2007. Why do you need a bunch of different Sudoku games? Surely you only need once. It, once it's a game, once you have like it, you could automatically generate puzzles. Why do you ever need another Sudoku game? You had the Linux release of Penumbra Overture. Oh, good. And That's what everyone was waiting for. <laughs> you had finally the Linux users can shit themselves. <laughs> <laughs> you had. The Shadowrun game. No, not the good one. <laughs> there's two good ones now, right? Yeah, there's three good there's ones. There's three, because there the was yeah, one Kong. old classic yeah. one. No, well, yeah, good point. The SNES one as well. Yeah. Um, and But, best of all, as far as like the, 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 the crowning pinnacle on the pile of who gives a shit, <laughs> the Windows Vista release of Halo 2. Finally. <laughs> Literally, finally. That was actually something people were looking forward to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Windows Vista was like, yeah, we're going to shuffle that's, this all. Uh, that's their yeah. fault for getting Vista. Yeah, this is, this is embarrassing. I said it before and I'll say it again. Just skip every second Windows. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think we've got a podcast. How'd that happen? <laughs> so we a guy, I accidentally a podcast. Yeah, I have, I have an outro if we're all good. Yeah, <clears throat> sure. <laughs> Does it go... <laughs>
Thank you all for listening to the Downloadable Concept Podcast this week. That was Jeb. That's been Fox. And that's been the final countdown. Tune in next week. No, really, we will be here next week. I promise. We'll try. We'll, we'll fix it in post if I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. It'll be fine. <laughs> I, I, I can... T- I can j- j- okay, okay, Jeb, now say, now say uh, Cersei, uh, Sarah, and Citra. And I'll just edit in which one every time you use her name. It won't sound dumb at all. <laughs> Cer- Cersei, Citra, Sarah. <laughs>